It's a Tuesday edition. Leading into Super Wild Card Weekend. Sound like Mike Greenberg on ESPN now. Oh my God. Kick me. Kick me. Welcome to the program on a Tuesday. I'm Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show is on the air. And uh, one Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny, are you gloating today? I'm responsibly thrilled. I said I, I responsibly put my life on Georgia, and, and it turned out well. And it turned out extremely well. You had to be biting your nails for three quarters, though. I was just appreciating the football game, honestly. I didn't really care about the bet. That was such a cool game. I have to admit something, and this is terrible. I shouldn't do it doing what I do for a living. I uh, I have not been feeling well. Everybody knows that. Uh, and I don't sound right still. But last night I came home and I sat down. I had some food. I watched the game. I got to about the third quarter and my head was terrible. I was doing, I bought one of those massage things that, you know what those things are? The automatic thing that you stick in your nose and it's like a neti pot, but it does it automatically. It blows fluid in one side and sucks it out the other. My sinuses have been so bad. So I did that and I'm getting ready. I'm hunkered down. I'm watching this fourth quarter and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take some NyQuil just to kind of clear my head. And that way, I'll just kind of ease into my sleep, and then when the game's over, I'll just go to sleep, and I'm good to go. So I went upstairs. I laid down. It's it's weird in the house without having any dogs, without well, Elmo being gone now. So I went upstairs. It's quiet. Turned on all the lights. Took my NyQuil, and I turned the TV on. I propped myself up, and about seven minutes later, I was out. I woke up at the end of it to see uh, the, the confetti falling. I missed the almost three quarters of the entire fourth quarter. Man. Never saw it. I'm like, what the hell happened? It's when they actually and scored points. I know, right? Between the pick six, the deep pass, I I missed it. So I had to go back. I'm rewinding. I had to go back and watch it that way. But uh, kudos to Georgia, man. They uh, they took it to them. They didn't. It was when they – what I was appreciative of, in that game was that Georgia, while they could have stuck with the run game, they didn't. Because they could run the football. They were doing a few things on the ground, but they put it back into Bennett's head and said, here you go. Go win us a game. And that that fumble, if you want to call it that, that weird pick that he threw, which I still think his arm was moving forward, um, I like the fact that he said when I went to the sideline, what they because they interviewed him and, he, and they said, "What would you say to them?" Or what the, he he said, "I will not be the reason we lost this game." And he went out and they said, "Okay, then go make some plays." And they put the ball in his hand and damned if he didn't. That's what. Now I don't know what he's going to amount to at the next level. Couldn't tell you. I don't think either of them are going to amount to much at the next level. To be honest with you, but for what he did in that moment and the way he played, give him all the credit in the world. Because he said, I'm not going to be the reason we lose this game. Let's go make plays. And he he chucked it up, and then the, the, the true freshman went down and came down with the lofted, high, arcing, long touchdown pass, and then the pick six after that. And so it was it – was, kudos to them. Good stuff. Georgia champions. Yes, go ahead. It's probably a little unnecessary, but in like five years, Bennett will be a great used car salesman, and he'll be able to sell whatever he needs. Yes. He, will, he has his ticket written in the state of Georgia for the rest of his life. It's been what? How many years since Georgia's won the national title? 41. Yeah. 33-18, Georgia gets the win last night, so kudos to uh, Georgia. And, and and you know what? What I liked, did you watch Nick Saban's postgame presser? 
I did. He is just he's likable. It sucks. He be, he became so likable last night. There's been times where he has not always gotten along with a guy that's across from him. But because Kirby's one of his guys, he was appreciative of the fact that one of his guys had a good team and got him. And it was a really good game. It wasn't a dirty game. It wasn't a it was I mean, obviously the injury to their wide out wasn't necessarily the best thing to happen to them and it's they said it was tough to adjust after that. But the fact that he he's like, Look, hey, um, you know, they got us, good team. We made mistakes. We couldn't climb out of our own way, that type of thing. But gave them all the credit in the world. It was it was just a good post game presser. Good post game presser. So good stuff last night. Uh, as sat there and uh, watched that game, I, and I just couldn't believe I fell asleep. I woke up at the end. This is Nick Saban uh, talking about uh, Anderson and uh, and and such. But this is Nick Saban talking after the game. Bryce and Will, thanks for your time. We'll let you head back to your locker room. I'd like to say something. Can I say something? Absolutely. You know, these two guys that are sitting up here, they're not defined by one game. These guys played great for us all year. They're great competitors. They were great leaders on this team. Uh, and they, they contributed tremendously to the success of this team. And we would not be here without them. All right? And both of them take responsibility for the loss. Um, but both of them contributed in a lot of ways, in a positive way, to giving us a chance to win and a chance to be here to have an opportunity to win. So I just want to thank them for that and let everybody know how proud I am of these two guys. There you go. There you go. 877-867-1670, but uh, some good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you got Georgia, they get a win and, um, and now, you know, we move on. Here's the thing, uh, about this time of year, we're wrapped up in postseason football and rightfully so what's not on the horizon is pitchers and catchers reporting in what four weeks. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. I was having a good day until you said that. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. If uh, if things trend in this direction, I mean, this is where the rubber starts to meet the road for Major League Baseball. I, I was just ta- I was just talking to a buddy of mine uh, about this yesterday, and he was said, you know, hey, have you made your plans yet? And I said, I haven't. I got to get a hold of Mike Vassallo with the Brewers just to kind of gauge and, and, and see what, you know, he's thinking or the Brewers are thinking and what maybe protocols may or may not be and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he said, yeah, there's, there's nothing. Right now, there's, there's no plans for anything. All the facilities are locked. All the facilities are quiet. Nothing going on. Now, there's obviously people in the offices at Miller Park or at uh, American Family Field and down at you know, the facility in, uh, in, in Phoenix, there's front office people there. There's people that are trying to get together, whether or not they're going to sell tickets and what they're going to do and putting together their personnel and their staffing and such. They want to do it as if it's going to be a regular season, but as of right now, no, nothing, not at all. Interesting. So that's uh, something to kind of give you the great big kick. In the meantime, 
The good news yesterday, we knew it came out. Ian Rappaport reported that uh, you're going to get Zadarius Smith back. And I'm excited to see. Now, I don't know um, what this week is going to entail just yet for the Packers. I have uh, not sat down and said, you know, kind of here we go. But uh, I, I know they've got plans. We're going to hear from guys this week. Matt LaFleur. This is Matt LaFleur talking about uh, the return of Zadarius Smith yesterday, as a matter of fact. We'll see how he comes in on Wednesday, and if we can get him back out on the practice field, then we'll let him go. But I think, you know, I want to temper the expectations. Here's a guy that hasn't practiced since really before the New Orleans game. So we'll get him back out there and see how he looks, see what type of shape he's in, and, you know, if he progresses and, you know, checks all the boxes, then he'll be back out on the field. So that's what you're hoping for. Let him check all the boxes and get back on the field. But, again, as he stated, temper the expectation. Now, I know yesterday when Ian Rappaport had stated, and we'll hear more from Matt LaFleur coming up, but I know when Ian Rappaport had stated that Zedaria Smith not only was cleared to play or cleared to practice, but that he was, was hoping to be back on the field for the divisional round game, that, that raised a lot of eyebrows. Because just to get him back, like he said, just to get him back and let's see what he can do on the practice field. Now, it's not like he hasn't practiced or anything, you know, at all. Because remember, he played 18 snaps in game one. So we have seen him go through training camp. We have seen him practice getting ready for the beginning of the season. And then after that game where he just looked awkward, he has the surgery and then progresses from there. But, yeah, it was uh, – I, I thought it, it, it would be – I'm surprised he's coming back, but that's like icing on the cake. This is Ian Rappaport, by the way, yesterday making that announcement. This is huge for the Green Bay Packers, who are actually getting better as they get closer to the playoffs. Of course, we know they're the number one seed and have a bye next week. And here's what I am told. Zadarius Smith, their star pass rusher who has been out – most of the season after having back surgery on a herniated disc was fully cleared over the last couple days and is expected back at practice this week. They're likely to open his 21-day window. It probably comes Tuesday, could officially come Wednesday, but either way, Zadarius Smith is expected to practice this week and then play for the Green Bay Packers in their first playoff game. One of the best pass rushers in the NFL has missed most of the season. This is huge, considering the Packers also got back David Bakhtiari. Yesterday, they are actually getting healthier. Me there you go. They're getting healthier as things go on. 877-867-1670. Like I said, we'll hear more from Matt LaFleur coming up here shortly, so stay tuned for that. Uh, again, 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up, do. Uh, and then here's the next question. After all, So with the firings yesterday, did you, by, Ben, by any chance, do we have the Bears press conference? I can go get it. Let's grab that. If you don't think, there's two teams, I believe, that are a complete mess. And when we were talking about the jobs before that would open up and, and storied franchise of the Chicago Bears, and I was listening to that yesterday, and I was, I was kind of like, wow. Sometimes not having an owner is a good thing. 
So what's going on with the Mara family in New York? Basically, they're going to Gettleman's out, and they're going to find a new general manager, and that general manager then is going to determine whether or not Joe Judge is even going to stick around. I cannot imagine Joe Joe Judge has got to be at this point. If you watch the reaction when he ran that inverted wishbone a couple of times on third and nine with a quarterback sneak to gain room to punt, uh, in the meantime, you got Dan Campbell running trick plays trying to score and be aggressive. Uh, they want Joe Judge, like, go back to the old mob days where they could put him in cement shoes and throw him out into the Jersey River. That, that's that's Joe Judge right now. I can't imagine them hanging on to him. You know, it's one thing to have bravado and back it up. It's another thing to have bravado and, and look like an idiot. And right now he looks like an idiot. But down in Chicago, I walked away thinking to myself, now, there's only 32 jobs of general manager, and there's only 32 jobs of head coach in the National Football League. So if you get that opportunity, you take it. But is Chicago a top job? And after listening yesterday to that very weird press conference, I walked away going, what the hell? What's going on down there? So we'll hear portions of that, too. We'll hear portions of that because there was a couple of times where, I mean, you got the McCaskey family that still owns the team, and Georgia McCaskey is, what, 99 years old and still has a hand in this. And the son is answering to mom, and the mom is like, yeah, they're having fun. It's they're, I'm like, what? What? This is a major football franchise. I, I was just like, wow. So, um, boy, kind of, kind of makes you appreciate where we're at right now. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. assessment of our season and she said as only a mother can I'm very very disappointed mom's disappointed okay um yeah the uh the McCaskey family has owned the team for a long long time down in Chicago and George McCaskey talking uh, about mom, and she. Here's one other thing he had to say in regards to uh, the the situation in in Chicago and and mom and such. But George, I'm referring to your to your record as as the chairman. How accountable? How are you accountable for the record that you have? Like you said, it's a bottom line business: wins and losses. You know, no playoff wins, two winning seasons. You know, that's not a great record. So how how are you accountable for it? And 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 like I said, does that is does that lend merit to the idea that that somebody else should be, you know, like a like like a Bill Polian type should be at the at the at the top? Yeah, my performance is reviewed by ownership and the board of directors, and ownership has informed me that uh, it wishes me to continue in this role. There you go. 
ownership, in other words, my mom, and the board of directors, which my mom chairs. Mom thinks I'm doing a good job. What a weird deal down there. Isn't it? I mean, don't you just think to yourself, um, man, I'm glad that we don't have that type of ownership group. Don't you? It's just, I, I sit here, this is like a, one of those really weird things out of like a law and order where mom is the patriarch of the family and the son does all this different stuff and, you know, gets into trouble and here comes Jack McCoy and mom bails him out and he's a good boy and, you know, and the company's been running to the ground and it's terrible and they're losing money and people are upset with the company, but he's my boy, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I can't ever see Jerry doing that. Jerry be firing his kids. Get out. You got to trust. Get out. You're done. Jerry, no, that would never happen. Jerry Jones, no. He wants to win. Now, he doesn't always make the right decisions, but Jerry, he's he's got it, you know? he may. What I look forward to is if Jerry gets to the point where he doesn't have all the faculties there anymore and he's still running the team, you know? It's like today's the day everybody gets in free if you wear the underwear on the outside of your pants day. Everybody bring a, a big brisket sculpture of the Lombardi Trophy. You get in free. You know, that type of thing. But, man, that's, uh, that's just a weird deal down there in Chicago. Packers don't need an owner. I've always said that. I know people get pissed off sometimes because the Packers' ownership doesn't move fast enough. They move like an iceberg. But it is... Uh, there are things that are stable and things that are good and continuity breeds success eventually if you stay with what is a plan that supposedly works. Uh, now, obviously, you can have bad figureheads in bad positions and things can get a, get awry on you. We've seen that. But when you have something good, you know, they've always said you don't fix what isn't broken. You you just try to enhance it the best you can and allow it to flourish the best it can. And that's what you got in Green Bay. You know? That's what you have. When you start to look around the rest of ownership groups, whew. And I bring this up, okay, and, and the reason I bring this up is because there at times have been so many people that have said, Packers need an owner. Can't stand Mark Murphy. He's sledding on hills. Business before the winning. What are they doing with the money? You know, all that stuff. But this team has just consistently done things in the right way. Now, has there been a time or two when you kind of hope that they would push all the chips to the middle of the table a little more often? Yeah, I think we can all probably say we wish that. All right? What's done is done. You can't change it. You can only enhance it moving forward. All right. But when you listen to these other teams – that have private owners and some of these ownership groups, some ownership groups, you know what? Jacksonville, money, and they've made their money, and and business-wise they're very good, but they just haven't made football decisions. Sometimes you need to put football people in football positions and allow them to run with it. Okay, there you go. Try to make that best decision. You know, Denver has been a football family. They've done it a long time. So have the Bears, but the Bears – have passed down incompetence over the years. 
You know, they've, 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 how do I put it? Nepotism over success might be the best way to put it. And so you, yeah, as a Packers fan, you're like, yeah, after 85, what'd you got to hang your hat on? Huh? What, what else? You went to a Super Bowl, you got beat in the rain, but other than that, what do you, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, NFC Championship. Oh, that's right. We beat you there. That's a, we we took the Hallis Trophy from you in your house. So what else you got? Uh, you made that trade for Jay Cutler. Oh, that, there you go. There you go. Nice, nice way to go, Brian Erlocker. Oh, that's right. That's ain't that the dude with all those hair commercials all running all over the city down there? Yeah, that's right. You got a bald linebacker. How are we looking? They haven't done a whole lot. You know. Is what it is. Um, but Jerry, on the other hand, you look at Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has continued, but he hasn't won a championship. I got uh, Mark that says uh, Jerry Jones has done a lot of great things. I agree with you. I've said all along I love Jerry Jones as an owner and as a businessman. He hasn't always made the right decisions with his own ego, but as an owner and a businessman and something good for the NFL, he's been fantastic. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. But if you're a Chicago Bears fan, don't you have this level of frustration of just what are we doing? You know? Uh, let's go to Terry. Terry Terry from the north side. Terry, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Good, Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Good. Um, first of all, I want to tell you how much I enjoy your program. I listen to you every Thank day. You. I've listened to you since the TMJ days and all that. But, you know, Bill, here's what, I want to, here's what I want to talk to you about. And I've been listening to you. And, look, and this franchise has had two of the greatest quarterbacks for over 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And you won two Super Bowls. Yep. In, I believe um, the network, Fox, had it in the regular season. The Packers record is outstanding. Right. I mean, probably second to none. In the playoffs, you're seven and six. Yep, well, seven and six. I agree. So I think we both. I think we both would have to agree. There's limited talent in college football that comes to the NFL, and quarterbacks teams gamble. Sometimes put a blindfold on, throw the dice, trying to find a quarterback. I think the Bears have done that. I think the Vikings have done that. It just hasn't worked. Yes. So with us, maybe having in the regular season two of the greatest quarterbacks ever, we have two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you break it down and look at it, all right, we're successful. We can wave our division banner the whole time, kind of like maybe the Oakland A's, because you know they won the division a few times. But when they get to the playoffs, they don't have enough. And this is part of the reason I think Rogers wanted to leave, because we haven't put a roster together that will compete with. And Bill, tell me if you agree or not. Are there not maybe two or three, only two or three elite teams in the NFL? I know everybody can beat anybody any, any given day. I know that. Correct. But are there not only two or three elite teams in the NFL of all the teams we have? Two or three elite. I would yeah. say now the, the, the franchise that everybody's been chasing is the, the uh, Patriots in recent history. So yeah. they've been the dominant franchise without a doubt. Right? Right. Okay. Since then, it has been, I mean, you had uh, the Pittsburgh dynasty for a short period of time. You had the Cowboy dynasty for a short period of time, San Francisco dynasty for a short period of time. And after that, 
you had the Patriots and you just sprinkle in other teams where some teams have been successful have been like, um, say the Giants with Eli Manning getting a couple of t- getting a couple of Super Bowls, you know, and and they had it in a short period of time. Um, you look at a team like uh, say Seattle, they were good, they weren't completely dominant, they got to a couple of Super Bowls, one one. Um, but it, it's ba- Baltimore one one. San Francisco got there, didn't get the brass ring. Philadelphia one one. It it there hasn't been that dominant franchise other than the Patriots that we can speak of. You're right. And is that because of a guy like Tom Brady who's willing to take wage cuts? So the Patriots yeah, well, it's also kind of like remember. People. I mean, yeah, I mean, I between the combination of Brady and Belichick, absolutely. And go go back and look in the NBA back when Jordan reigned supreme. There was a lot of great teams, but guys that never won championships because Jordan just stood in the way. And, is that and until that, that until he was eliminated or until he ended up leaving, then then it finally opened up the floodgates in other areas. Yeah, and. And when you look at the talent that comes out of college football, I blame a lot of that on the scheduling of college football because you really don't get a chance to see a lot of great games. If you turn your TV on on a Saturday, you might see one or two, three very good games and a lot of blowoffs. Yep. You even look at the Big Ten, though, to be honest, up and down, you take a look at the whole conference. I mean, how many good teams? I mean, I'm talking about good teams. Right. You know, I, I don't mean to rap anybody, but I just think the talent in America when it comes to the sport is a crap shoot. I think a team like the Bears, what made them suck, they took uh, they took the dice, threw it against the wall, and hoped. And they and they blanked twice with uh, both their quarterback selections. Uh huh. But you know, if you brought them break it down since nineteen eighty five, the Packers have won one more Super Bowl than a team like the Bears. I agree. And 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 they should have won more. They they had the talent. That's when I said that I, I wish, and I think we all would have wished, there was a couple more times where Ted Thompson would have gone all in, and he did not. And I think he left his team a couple, a short a couple of times. Now, in 2014, that's the one they should have won, and they would have won another Super Bowl, and that got away from them. And, and that will forever live in the, the back of our craw, man, because they were the better team in Seattle, and they would have beaten, I believe, the New England Patriots that year. They were just that good of a football team on that kind of a mission, but they just didn't do it. They, they got in their own way. See, Bill, here's my question on that, because you're absolutely right, in my opinion, but I go back and I question, why did the Packers take a timeout before that onside kick and say, look, you guys have done this many, many times? So was, you know, even though the, idiot, the guy made a stupid mistake, why did coaching allow that to happen? Did you ever see the NFL films, uh, like, you know, when NFL films does that, you know, kind of retrospective and they go back to that game? Have you ever seen that? Sean Slocum, the special teams coach, is at, is in Bostick's ear saying they're coming this way. Don't grab the ball. Let Jordy get it behind. I mean, he laid it out. He told him this is what's going to happen. Bostick's like, all right, coach. All right, coach. And then goes in and they're screaming at him when the ball is in the air. Leave it for Jordy, leave it for Jordy, and he still went up and got it. I mean, yes. it's it's astounding that Bostic went up and, and got that ball. I mean, he did it out of instinct. He, he said it, he owned it, I get it, I appreciate it. But he, he, he they were screaming at him, do not get the ball, Jordy's got it, Jordy's got it. And he still went up and got the ball. But I still can't figure out why Julius Peppers told Morgan Burnett to go down. I can't figure out how Micah Hyde didn't know where he was supposed to be on the two-point conversion. I can't figure out why Clay Matthews inexplicably pulled himself out on a goal line stand. I mean, all of that. I, I still can't figure that out. I don't think none of this will. 
I didn't realize though that the coach got in Bosque's ear. So oh, he was that, in his you know. ear. Yeah, he was in his ear. It, it, that's why people screamed at Sean Slocum, and I'm like, why? Slocum screamed at the guy, don't touch it. And even Jordy's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And and he still went up just instinctually and grabbed it. He thought he was you, – you, he saw the, the, the light of glory. All he had to do was come down with it, and his team was going to win and move on to a Super Bowl. He saw the light of glory and went up and got it, and it bounced off his dome, and the rest is history. So, Good you know, stuff, uh, man. Appreciate. Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll end it with this. You know, and, and I know the Packers in the regular season have had glory, a lot of success, a lot of you know whatever. But at the end, uh, as you turn the page, you, we won two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and you know you look at the, the the final part of this is it should have been a lot more. And you made a lot of good points here. My point is is this that when you only win two and you're trying to embarrass other teams. I'm not sure that's the best move to make, even as... No, but the overall winning, and that I'll leave you with. I appreciate the phone call because i got to run. I'm late for break. Uh, The overall winning and the overall consistency and the overall domination of a division, okay? Not that divisions mean a whole hill of beans in, in the NFC North for the Green Bay Packers at this point, but the overall domination for a team that so aspires to be what is to the North now and the incompetence that they've had at the head coaching staff and the head coaching role and also at the general manager role, it's, it's, that's where, as a Bears fan, you've got to be extremely frustrated. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, glad to have you back. Bill Michael's show on this Tuesday. Glad to have you. Um, what do we have here? We got, uh, what do you got? Some odd shark stuff out here? Odds ben to be Kenny? the next Bears head Doug coach. Doug Peterson, the former backup to Brett Favre. Possibly the odds on favorite to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. I, I wouldn't want that. I think Peterson could do some things with uh, Justin Fields. Or Nick Foles. Or Nick Foles. It would put Nick Foles and him back together, wouldn't it? Yeah, and the Bears plan to interview him, as well as Nathaniel Hackett. I saw both of those last night. Um, possibly Bill O'Brien to the Jaguars, Eric Bieniemy to the Vikings, um, Dan Quinn to the Broncos. Dan Quinn's been so instrumental in making that defense so much better down there in Dallas. Uh, for Mike McCarthy to lose him, that would be tough. Dan Quinn, though, no, I we we know he wants another head coaching job, so we'll wait and see. But, um, yeah. So there's your odds-on favorite right now to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears, Doug Peterson. Oh, by the way, the uh, now uh, Harbaugh is another guy that's been mentioned quite a bit. Leslie Frazier's being talked about again. And I can't believe Brian Flores has not been mentioned more. The fact that he's on the open market, he might be a good fit in New York to help turn that program around. Apparently, uh, he got into it with the general manager over personnel changes uh, on his staff. And he fought for his guys, and ultimately it cost him his job because he said he wasn't going to change guys on his staff that they wanted him to change. And so that was what led uh, Flores to be let go down in Miami. 
Eric Bieniemy uh, for a long time has been talked about a guy that uh, I remember when he was a running back for the Cincinnati Bengals years ago. Uh, I always thought he was a really smart guy then, and then latches on as the offensive coordinator for you know um, Kansas City Chiefs. He's done a fantastic job, and there's been a lot of talk about him getting an opportunity. Leslie Frazier, I am a little surprised. Now, Leslie Frazier's going to get some run, but after hearing some things about Leslie Frazier from some of the guys that played for him, they said, look, great guy, very smart guy, but he was not a guy that you'd run through a wall for. You know, he didn't inspire that in you. Very smart football guy, but as a leader, as the head coach, wasn't that guy. Wasn't that guy. Uh, you wonder how – you wonder now that Harbaugh has had a taste of success at Michigan if Michigan in any way, shape, or form is going to let him walk. I can't imagine it. First of all, I don't think uh, a salary in the pros can touch what he could make probably in college now that some of these salaries are getting ridiculous. Job security as well. Right. He's he's basically – the fact that he's gotten into the Final Four now and did it by beating Ohio State, um, he's got he, at least another seven to ten years before they would even consider – I mean, he would have to have three or four bad years in a row before they consider getting rid of him. And I can't imagine that. I actually think, and I hate to admit this, I actually think that he's as good as, if not a better coach than Ryan Day. Believe it or not. And I know that there's people there's people in Buckeye Nation that are gasping over that. I think he's a really good coach. I just think he's an ass. I, I don't like the guy. I never have, ever since he was with San Francisco. And some of the stuff that he had said and some of the that he pulled. And, and then, obviously, he left when the getting was good out of Stanford. He brought that program back to prominence. But there were some things coming down the pipeline that might not have been the best for the program. And that's when he made the jump to the pros, took uh, the 49ers to a Super Bowl, and then uh, the rest is history. But he's he's stuck to his guns. I give him credit over at Michigan. I did not think that they would get there this year, and they did. And I, but I did think – I did say at the beginning of the season, I thought if this, there's going to be a year you're going to beat Ohio State, this is it. This is a lot of change this year at Ohio State. And we'll see what Harbaugh decides to do. Um, I know that, and you're right, Robin, because he says Harbaugh took a pay cut to stay at Michigan using his NFL interest to get back up to the top of the pay grade from Michigan. Um, I, he, he took a pay cut to stay at Michigan. I get that. But looking at what Brian Kelly just signed for Lincoln Riley just signed for now schools are for, for high end coaches. They're really going to have to pay some money. I mean, you just saw Brian Kelly sign a contract for basically $100 million in college. So Harbaugh, with the deep pockets that Michigan has, he could he could remain there the rest of his life and make more money than any professional head coach ever could. Because they don't pay head coaches in the National Football League that much money. They don't pay him. Well, they will now. But they don't normally pay him ten to fifteen million dollars a year. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I think, and by the way, Jason said if he took the Vikings job, would or should the Packers fans be scared? Well, I think the only time you're scared is if you don't have a quarterback. If he took 
the Bears job. I think Packers fans will be I, – I think he'd be more likely to take the Bears job, obviously having ties there, than he would before he took the Vikings job. Just just my thought, but I, I – and they've already said down in uh, – down in Miami that they're not, you know, Stephen Ross, the owner, is not, even though they've got really good ties together, and he's always had a fascination with Harbaugh, he said he's not going after the Michigan head coach. And it could have been where Harbaugh said, hey, don't bring my name up in any of this because I don't want to lose any recruits, so I, I'm not leaving, so, you know, don't just count me out right away, which is very possible, which would be the smart thing to do. And if Harbaugh at some point uh, if this gets really hot and heavy and there's a lot of people talking about his name, if he's going to stay at Michigan, he probably needs to come out on a radio show or something and say, I'm telling you right now, I have no interest in going back to the NFL uh, anytime soon. I'm right here at Michigan, blah, 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 and then put a lot of this to bed. So you can't, because if I'm uh, out on the recruiting trail right now in any way, shape, or form, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out there saying, hey, Harbaugh may be leaving. You may not even get this guy when you go to Michigan. I'll be using it right now. Right now. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to do so. we got a lot going on today. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers making some roster moves. Zadarius Smith is now cleared for practice after back surgery. Kick and punt returner David Moore is active after being on the COVID list. And the team released backup guard Ben Braden. After a year of rehab from a torn ACL, David Bakhtiari talked about his 27 snaps in the first half against the Lions Sunday. I think the first first series might have been 12, 13 plays. Felt fine. Good amount of wind just kept going then i was once we, i was hitting the threshold where i know we wanted to be i was like i'll just keep playing until i was like nah, i'll be good had another good block and i was like yeah you know what this is this is good for me packers head coach matt lafleur yeah i thought david did an outstanding job you know he, he looked great he moved well certainly i think there's no substitute for football shape and that takes time but i thought he handled himself very well and packers offensive coordinator nathaniel hackett drawing interest as a head coaching candidate in jacksonville and denver where vic fangio is out after just three seasons with the broncos aaron Rodgers says hackett would be a great head coach you know he brings such a great positive energy uh, to a room and i think any team would be lucky to have him leading their squad. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show on the air. We're glad you're with us. And uh, you know what's uh, interesting? I'm sitting here going through this, and uh, our caller before, who was from Chicago, brought up this point uh, about teams that are dynasties and Super Bowls and such and how many you get to. And and I started going through this, and bear with me. One, I should never do this on the air, so I apologize. Rachel Hopmeyer of NBC26 coming up after the top of the hour, by the way. I should never do this on the air, but i got to count here real quick. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So I started going efficient. through this. Thank you very much. I had to, I had to count this because I'm I trying to do this whole thing during the commercial break in three minutes. 
So I went back, and in the modern era, since 2000, there has been, what I say, 21? 21 different franchises have gone to a Super Bowl. 21 different franchises. Because what, what the caller's point was is, well, the Packers have been there, you know, with 30 years of premier quarterback play and only two Super Bowls to show for it. And I thought, you know what, that, that is something that we look at as almost this badge of dishonor. I 100% agree. And I think at least they should have won in nine, they should have won back to back. The Packers should have. 96-97. They should have won that. Uh, and I've talked to Leroy Butler and other guys, Gilbert Brown, uh, Brett Favre, about that game against Denver. And they just felt that they were going to roll their helmets out there and win that game. And they, they did, took it way too light. They didn't train with the same intensity and get ready for that game the same way they did the year prior. Plus, it was the end of Holmgren. Uh, remember, all of that was swirling. It was just they, they, sh- they should have won that game. They knew they were the better team, but they didn't. Okay. The Packers should have had two under Aaron Rodgers. That game in 2014 in Seattle will forever live in the pit of our gut until they win another one. And then if Rodgers doesn't win three, let's say they win it this year, Rodgers will forever have that one ring that wasn't because they gave that game away in Seattle. I just believe they were the better team. They were the better team going into the postseason. Okay. But when you go through... The num- now, obviously, New England's been there numerous times. Pittsburgh's been there numerous times. The Giants have been there numerous times. You can go through this list. But St. Louis, Tennessee, Baltimore, the Giants, New England, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Carolina, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Indianapolis, um, Chicago, Arizona, New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco, uh, Denver, Atlanta, the L.A. Rams, not the St. Louis Rams, even though it's the same franchise, uh, and then Kansas City, uh, when you look at all these different teams, have all been to the Super Bowl. So getting to the Super Bowl and remaining a Super Bowl contestant year in and year out with dominance because of quarterback play is so difficult. So difficult. That's why you look at team uh, the, the team like New England, it is such... You have to have... It's such an anomaly, and it is you have to have mad respect for what it is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did together. It's, it's just beyond belief. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's being excellent in all three phases of the game. Where teams have found it difficult is you have that quarterback. You have Ben Roethlisberger. You have uh, Peyton Manning. You have, you know, whomever it happens to be. You've had these guys. Either you're a blip on the radar like Carolina was or Philadelphia was or you've had Russell Wilson. Seattle's obviously been there. Uh, you, you look at this and you say, okay, you've had some good quarterbacks. You've made it back. But the difficulty in winning is what? Well, it's keeping those pieces together. And if you've noticed, all of these teams, when, they're, when their quarterback got money, suddenly the teams weren't there anymore. So for what the Packers have done and the sustained success has been remarkable, but it is it, it is proven true. If you don't strike early with a really good quarterback, you're not going to do it consistently. And the one thing that kept New England viable was Tom Brady's salary or lack thereof. 
because they paid defensive players. They went out and got free agents. They were able to kind of pick and choose the portions of that team that they needed to fortify with free agency and veterans and didn't just say, we're a draft and develop team, which is what I think when Ted Thompson took over, he was right in going after guys like Charles Woodson, Ryan Pickett, going after those guys. Those piecemeal players that needed to be veteran and needed to fill in those certain slots. And then after that, it was Dayton Jones and, and, and guys that were, were square pegs and round holes and, and Cletius Hunts and trying to fit these guys in that, oh, this guy's, I'm going to develop, I'm smarter than everybody. No. Get good football players, piecemeal it together with some free agents, have enough money left over so you can do what the Packers did this year and finding guys and win yourself a Super Bowl. This is the formula. Missed some of today's biggest plays? The Bill Michael Show podcast is streaming at madcitysportszone.com.